0: Cover two.
1: Welcome, everybody, to the Cover Two Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm here, like always, with my man, Hooman. How's it going, Hooman?
0: Hey, Will. Going well. Uh, Loved wrapping up and talking about the running backs with you in the last episode and really excited to get into the wide receivers or the pass catchers as i know what you're preparing for in this episode. Well, i mean, you know, it's hard because the
1: person that we might be talking about soon, you know, can do both of them and he can be lined up in the slot, so he is a pass catcher wide receiver definitely. I'll will give it to you. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to get started today and I'm going to let human pick first. So, who will you pick?
0: So, i'm starting with number 1 and to me- I know there's a lot of debate as to who will be the first wide receiver off the board in the draft. Uh, I know there's a consensus as to who they think it'll be to me. I think I've got a different idea here. I'm going with the first wide receiver to have won the Heisman trophy in 20 years to the wide receiver who, if you watched any of college football and compared any of these wide receivers and you compared any of their film, is the clear-cut, number one, best wide receiver prospect I've seen in quite some time, and that's Devonta Smith. I know that there are concerns about him, and those concerns being mostly his size. I don't think it is uh, really comforting to realize that you have a professional athlete that you're going to invest that much draft capital into that high of draft capital and that much money into that is six foot one and as he stated, they've got him listed at one seventy. I think he stated that he he weighed in at like one sixty six, one sixty seven. That to me is kind of scary. um I, I get that there are durability issues, but man, this guy can get open. I think of watching all the film, doing the research here. One of the biggest things I noticed that when the play broke and the ball was thrown in his direction, he, he was alone. He was a good five yards alone, wide open. And going back and taking a look at the routes that he runs, he's one of the best pure route runners I've seen quite some time. His ability to separate is what I think really s- – no pun intended, separates him from the other receivers in this draft class. Uh, I think they can work on his weight. They'll get him where he needs to go. But his hands, his agility, his separation, his route running, his football IQ is incomparable to anything that we've got in this draft. And if he does not go as the first wide receiver taken in this draft, I'm pretty sure a lot of teams are going to regret it.
1: Well – um, that's a great pick. Um, I've got him um, a little bit later in this these rounds, but I'm going to go with the guy that I've been talking about uh, early on in the beginning. And I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts. Um, Kyle Pitts is the best tight end, obviously, in this draft. He's also a guy that caught 12 touchdowns this year and only played 11 games. So that's pretty good fantasy value for you. Um, You know, they always talk about those guys that just nab your catches and nab your touchdowns. This is the guy that's going to do it for you, and he's going to get yards. Um, So if you can get a guy that is a premier tight end that, um, as you've seen in these offenses, that there's only like three good tight ends, possibly two good tight ends every single time. This is a guy you want to nab early in your draft, depending on where he goes, obviously, but I think that he is going to be a huge fantasy value this year. And as we go in the upcoming years, um, as he gets even better and more used to the system.
0: Now, this is where I think you and I are going to have a little bit of a spirited debate here. While I'm 100% totally fine with you putting pits there, I do want to debate with you and I want to ask you a question. And there's zero doubt in my mind as far as Kyle Pitts' ability. He's a physical specimen. His numbers are all off the charts. He's got great hands. He the The proof is in the film. He's got it all. The only thing is, where is he going to end up? Who's going to draft him? And is all the opportunity going to be there as it is for a wide receiver? Now, here's the question I want to ask you. Can you recall or name the last first round or even second round drafted tight end that put up fantasy value? I'm not talking about being a value a commodity to their team as far as winning games, but as far as a fantasy value.
1: Only, well, I mean, I don't, I'm not 100 percent on this, but I think Gonzalez was drafted, and the yeah, top- well, how long, how many years ago was that? Well, it was a long time ago, but. That's the difference between the tight ends of now and the tight ends of the future. I think Travis Kelsey found the right system. He's right. a monster. And that's,
0: that's my point exactly. Same with Gronk. These, these tight ends, they end up in the right systems. And I think that's where there's so much reliant upon Kyle Pitts and to where he ends up. Now, if he does end up in Atlanta at number four, If Atlanta stays there and they take Kyle Pitts, which I don't think they will, that would be a great fit. I think that would be an excellent fit. You know, Matt Ryan has always had a connection with a tight end. I think that would work seamlessly there. But then you've got so many different variables there of where he goes. If he ends up in Cincinnati with Burrow, okay, yeah, maybe. We'll see. I mean, they've got some receiving options already there. Uh, There's a lot of unknown with the tight end position as far as getting – guaranteed fantasy value in return so that's my only caution here with kyle pitts and you know he's obviously on my list as far as being a pass catcher and one of the best in this draft but as far as ranking them i'm taking devonta smith over him
1: i understand the only thing i want to say is that i think that the one thing that pitts has that so many others don't as far as that tight end is the ability to move out and play in the slot and not have to
0: actually block and that's a totally fair point, but that's going to depend on who drafts him, where they want to use him. Very true. Because he's getting drafted to one of those teams or if someone jumps up to draft him, uh, it's all going to depend on what they've got available. You know, like if they have receivers already, if they have a slot receiver already, they're going to leave him at tight end. Just keep four weapons on the field as opposed to keeping one off. I gotcha. So that that takes me. I mean, Kyle Pitts. I'm putting it number two because, yeah, you debated me that
1: long, and you're still taking him number two.
0: Well, I, I'm going based on the talent. The talent is obviously that great, but I got to make my point here that Devonta Smith <laughs> is the number one over him.
1: Okay. Okay. So
0: you're, you so that was your number one, number two. Yeah, I've got Smith one, and I'm reluctantly putting a tight end in with my pass catchers here at number two, even though Pitts is Pitts. He's a great great tight end. He's going to be a great pass catcher. Just We'll see what happens with that fantasy value. I got you. Well,
1: of course, I'm not going to be vanilla right now, but I'm going to go Devontae Smith at number two. And so, you know, I, I do believe he is the best wide receiver in this draft, as far as you know, pure raw receiver, but as a pass catcher, I'm going Kyle Pitts.
0: I like it, and um, I think maybe this is uh, our first opportunity to maybe introduce uh, I'm kind of just making this up as I go, but uh, we can come up with a fancy, fun name for it and even a punishment for the loser. But I am willing to bet you at the end of this coming NFL season, uh, we can go ahead and make a wager here on who finishes with. Is it fair to maybe compare them that way since they're two different positions? Who finishes with the most fantasy points this year?
1: I think it's fair. Obviously, if it's a PPR, I think that they both have the ability to get a bunch of targets, um, and I think that the one thing that Pitts might have over him
0: is the touchdown just
1: because of his height.
0: Okay, uh, then it sounds like you're you're totally fine leaving it as is and just go head to head here. And I've got Smith. You've got Pitts. We'll see what happens here, and we're going to have to make a log of this, and then we'll think of a fun punishment, and maybe we can do this along the way throughout our show and make our bets on things that we feel like this about. Sounds like a plan. All Ooh. right, so uh, that brings us to number three then. Um, number three on my board is the consensus, I guess, out there for who people think will be the first wide receiver draft, and that's Jamar Chase. Uh, I'm impressed by him. The film looks great. But to be quite honest, I mean, I don't think he's that far off his uh, teammate this past year, Terrence Marshall. And if you're looking back from the last time that the, uh, Jamar Chase actually played, because he didn't, he opted out this past year, he may have been the third best wide receiver on that team. When you talk about Justin Jefferson, Terrence Marshall, and Jamar Chase, I think Jamar Chase. I think statistically and had that ability and to to maintain his value with having taken a year off that really shows what, you know, what his potential is. I've got him here at number, at number three, the second wide receiver. It's all there. I think Terrace Marshall isn't too far off and Terrace Marshall is going to be a guy that's going to drop down into the mid to late first round. And someone's going to get some extreme value there, even though I don't have him as my fourth person. Um, I guess you can go ahead and slot him in there because I'm giving it away that Terrace Marshall is my fifth option here, uh, my fifth-rated guy. I don't think he's too far off of Jamar Chase, and it's going to really depend on where they end up and what they do. Now, if you're talking size-wise, Terrace Marshall does have a little bit of an advantage on Jamar Chase as far as that height's concerned with three additional inches. Uh, But Jamar Chase does have that breakaway ability. He does have that game-busting ability, and I think he's definitely going to be one of these guys that – we do see – I mean, he had an average reception of 21.2 yards in the season that he – in his last season that he played with Joe Burrow. And I know a lot of people are projecting him to end up with Joe Burrow again to kind of keep that magic going. But, I mean, 21.2 average per reception is pretty insane, Will. Uh, who do you got at number – is this number three that we're
1: number at? Number three, yeah. For me, I've got uh, I've got Jamar Chase. Um, you know, everything that you said – uh, he was the top receiver um, in 2019, broke all the records, and so if I see him, you know, even though he's sitting out, still having that ability, still being, um, as you said, maybe a, maybe a chance to go back with Burrow, maybe a chance to go to another team that needs um, a flashy receiver that can that can do basically it all. I think he is the most complete wide receiver uh, as far as height. Speed, all the things included, um, and just to see if he can put it all together.
0: Yeah, um, um, it, coming into my next pick here, it's kind of funny looking at our top fives here, and I see two from LSU, and now I'm about to put a second one from Alabama, and that's Jalen Waddle. Talk about spoil of riches, right? We've got two SEC teams with two top five wide receivers on their rosters. Uh, Waddle is, you know, had he not gotten injured, we could be talking about Jalen Waddle in the same breath that I was talking about Devonta Smith. He could have been the guy that was getting the Heisman or getting all the looks there, but he I forget how many games he missed this past year, Will. I don't know if you have it off the top of your head. It he was but, seven. Yeah, he, he missed that's half a season, and he's still, you know, one of the top five, top four wide receivers in this draft. And had he not gotten injured, He could have been the Devonta Smith that we're talking about. So I don't see him escaping the top 13 as far as the draft is concerned. If he somehow gets out of the I'm sure he will probably get out of the top 10. But if he does get out of that top 10, you know, a a team like San Diego, Philadelphia, I I think they're going to jump on him right away because those, that's going to immediately upgrade a position of need on both those rosters. And if he does end up in, I'm sorry, I said San Diego, the Chargers, the L.A. Chargers. If he does end up in L.A., he could potentially have higher fantasy value than either Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith because then you're talking about putting him in a situation where he's playing opposite Keenan Allen and he's got a proven commodity in Justin Herbert throwing him the ball. To me, that's instant fantasy value right there.
1: No, I agree, and that's why I have him at four as well for me. And it's a lot of the reason that you said, and I also include just the the punt um, return ability um, and the ability to be on the field for multiple times. And if you're in one of those leagues, which I have been in the past, where they do, you know, punt return yards as far as like, you know, 30 yards, you get a point or something like that. That's a big um, helper for you. And of course, if he breaks one out and scores a touchdown, there you go. There's points. So... Um, he could be very big uh, for you on both sides of the ball. Um, and since you already spoiled your number five, I'm going to spoil my number five. And it's funny, we talked about how um, the rich become richer uh, when it comes to the amount of players in team. And I'm not going with the second all shoe guy, I'm actually going with the second Gator. Um, you know, Kadaris T- uh, Tony was overshadowed by Kyle Pitts. And when Kyle Pitts was out, he was the guy they went to. I see him as that Swiss Army knife kind of guy with like the Debo Samuels of the world where he can run the ball. um, He can, you know, do those jet sweeps every once in a while and just be an all around player that's going to be really big and helpful for any team going into next year. And he can be that great third receiver um, to get those yards, get those catches, and could surprise you like a Justin Jefferson did last season
0: yeah he, I, he's one of the guys i like as well uh like you you hit the nail on the head as far as being a swiss army knife he is i mean i hate to use the, this comp but kind of a tyreek hill light where or kind of a percy harvin where he can be that guy that takes the screens and gets the ball in space and makes something happen uh and if you get a team like san francisco that uses debo samuel very creatively or even the way they use brandon iuk this past season where you know, like you said, on jet sweeps or even lining him up in the backfield. And getting him into that open space, he could be someone that does outperform the Terrace Marshall. So if you're talking about strictly in the wide receiver position, I'm more on the side of Terrace Marshall. But if you're talking about all around, uh, being able to use him in different positions across the offense, yeah, you're you're spot on with Kadaris Tony.
1: Well, I mean, uh, everybody's really talking – um, this year, about uh, the guy from Minnesota, I lost his name because um, th- of his height, his ability. He was
0: next on my list, and that's Rashad Bateman. I really, really like him.
1: I, I don't. I'm not sure about him, just because. Again, I, obviously, the Big Ten had a, a great season this year, um, but I just don't. I don't know. I just think that I always go with the tried and true's, the guys that play. Um, on the bigger teams that have that, that time and that advantage to play in the bigger games. Um, but he played well this year for the row Your boats.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing about Rashad Bateman. He's got the size, but he's also got that speed. He's got that high end 4.4 speed and he's got great hands. So, I mean, he could be a person that, you know, kind of like a Justin Jefferson this past year where. A lot of people overlooked him, and then you know Minnesota got lucky and were able to draft a mid-first round. Rashad Bateman, I could see being late first round, early second round, but depending on where he ends up, he could be someone that you could take a late, you know, you could maybe invest a sixth, seventh, eighth round draft pick as far as fantasy goes and get some great value back for him.
1: Well, yeah, and, you know, you, you talked a little bit about a waddle falling out of the top 10 and the only way I think that happens is because how stacked the quarterbacks are this season and how people might move up to get their quarterback but um, he is a, a huge pickup at 10, 9, 8 you know because of his ability um, and yes he was hurt but you never know so um, you know I think that this draft is going to be this draft is going to be interesting, obviously, like it is every year. Of where do they go? But I think this draft especially because I think that this talent level from wide receiver, running back, and all the way to quarterback is probably the the best group of uh, talent we've seen in a long time.
0: Yeah, I mean, you talked about the log gym up in the top ten picks. I mean, you've got five running backs. So that's, you know, let's do some basic math here. Five running backs. You've got these two to three wide receivers. You got Pitts. You got Penny Sewell. No chance. I I don't think there's any chance. He should escape the top 10, the offensive tackle. Um, And then you got Micah Parsons. Who's another uh, the inside linebacker from Penn state that I don't think should escape the top 10 either. So you're trying to fit, you know, what? 12, 13 players that are top 10 values into that, into those top 10 picks now, Quarterback wise, we talked about that on our quarterback show. As far as you know, it's almost a it's a race to arms here. Who can get the quarterbacks? Because if there weren't so many teams looking for quarterbacks, would Trey Lance be going in the top ten? No. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 why this draft is going to be a little bit skewed. Yeah, these quarterbacks are great. They're talented. We talked about them, but would it be different any other year? Possibly. <laughs>
1: Yeah, possibly, possibly not I mean, I do agree with you I feel like the defense is getting shafted this year um, You know, the cornerbacks usually go You at least get one in the top 10 I don't think they're going to go at least Until maybe 11 or 12 um, Yeah, I,
0: and that's where You know, obviously Another Alabama guy, Patrick Sertain Or Caleb Farley going in that top 15 But I think you Nailed it where the defense is really Getting overlooked this year And, you know, maybe that's that's a product of this past college football season being more skewed to an offensive game because of lack of preparation due to the, you know, the pandemic restricting practices and hitting. So I think we all noticed that it was more of an offensive game this year. So I don't know if that maybe dinged some defensive players as far as their draft stock goes. And that's all going to play out in the next few years. We're going to see you know, who these players are in the NFL and, like, if they really shine from this draft class defensively.
1: Yeah, and I'm excited for Thursday. Uh, the 2021 draft is in Cleveland. Um, starts around 7, 730. And I'm going to be watching. You're going to be watching it with me, which will be great. Um, but for now, we want you to like and subscribe. And thank
0: you so much for listening, like always. And have a great night. And make sure you also look forward to we're going to be doing another mock draft coming up after the NFL draft once these players get slotted on their teams and that's going to be an exciting episode.
1: Well, make sure uh, with the Apple Podcasts to download and uh, we will see you soon.
0: Cover two. Cover two.